Welcome back to the next episode of the Sweaty Palms podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Dillon, and you just heard a snippet of the song Hard to Get by the guest of today's episode, Wim Tapley. Wim is a musician and songwriter here in Athens, Georgia. Originally from Virginia, Wim moved to Athens to pursue his music career here and attends the University of Georgia. You can find him on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and follow him on his Instagram at Wim Tapley. He's also got a website. It's wimtapley.com. And I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on today's episode, Wim. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. What's the craziest thing that happened to you today? <laughs> <laughs> or the most boring? That, I feel like that might be easier. Um, Man, I, I, I stayed up till like four last night. Oh my God, And why? then like barely got back to my room. Um, yeah, I've, I've been seeing someone. So I was oh. like, yeah, um... But yeah, just like spent most of my afternoon with her and then okay. skipped a class. I'm, I'm excited to hear what songs come out of this. There you go. Yeah, plenty yeah. of songs. Hopefully good ones. Yeah, yeah. No, just a bunch of heartbreakers, <laughs> like just angry Taylor Swift yeah. like, breakup songs. Vibes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I hope so. Stay tuned, guys. Yeah. This is really exciting. I'm, I'm more intrigued now. <laughs> you don't have to keep me updated. Sure. Okay. So when did you get into music and how long have you been playing guitar? I've been playing ever since I was little. I did like piano lessons uh -huh. when I was little. I actually sucked oh, really? at everything. Yeah, because I, I couldn't read music. Okay. Um, I would just kind of go home instead of practice stuff, like just write my own little things. And then like I was bouncing around a lot of different instruments. I got bored on everything. And so I was playing the drums in middle school, played more guitar and stuff. My brother had a guitar sitting around that I picked up. Oh, nice. Um, and then bass and then really everything kind of came together when I started producing. Okay. And it was like combining... I, I was like, man, I want to do this Tame Impala kind of thing where I'm, yeah. I'm playing everything. And, nice. Um, yeah, so I haven't had a drum set in a minute. Like, oh, okay. I can't wait to have <laughs> like a drum set and a full like you know weighted piano all yeah. that again. But that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, cramming plenty of guitars in the dorm. Yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, to my roommate's dismay. Okay, do you like your roommate? Love him. Oh, okay. yeah, he's awesome. Wow, wait, did you guys know each other before? No. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm from Virginia, like yeah. DC area. He's from Macon, Georgia. We met on, like, the Facebook group. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm living with him again next year. Nice. Like, he's awesome. So. Wait, but you told me, so you said that you weren't going to come back to school, or you were? Yeah, you were so I'm, I'm no longer going to UGA after oh, this semester. So I'm okay. finishing out, like, still doing school right now, so in case I ever want to come back. Um, but I, I'll be based in Athens. I have a lease next year, so this has been a perfect community for me. It's been a perfect launching pad, or launch pad. So... Yeah, I was like, well, where else would I want to be? Like, maybe I'll branch into Atlanta and stuff, but this is a, a great home base. I would like to talk more about why you decided to stop school, because I, I you, you said you want to be a full-time musician. Is yeah. That, what was the point in which you realized, like, that's the decision that you wanted to make? I've always been fully committed to the music. It's been the what was once a pipe dream, and then, you know, looking a little more realistic. Like, it was kind of over the years, I was like, oh, maybe I could, you know, actually support myself with this. And... Basically, this semester, last semester was very easy for me because I, I was only doing like 13 credits. But uh, yeah, this semester has been very different. And 
I realized that I can't wing college the way that I thought I could. You know, I'm a philosophy major. Like, I love the classes. They've definitely been shaping me as a thinker. But at the end of the day, the, the time that I'm putting into it is not worth not being able to write, not being able to go out and meet the people I need to meet. So I was kind of, I was very on the fence. Like, I'm super grateful for my first year at Georgia. It's been, like, maybe the most perfect year of college you could have. Like, I mean, we won the national championship. Yeah, yeah, you came in in a great year. Like, oh my God, it was, it was awesome. But yeah, I uh, like initially didn't want to come to college. My dad was like, do one year, like see how it goes. I'm so grateful for that. But I met with David Barbie. Oh, you did? I love yeah, David. He's yeah, he's awesome. It was my first time meeting him. I was like so nervous before that meet, like sitting right. in the hallway, like my leg is, you know, <laughs> my knees bouncing. Yeah. Um, you and I share that. I do the same thing. Yeah. He's, he's got, you know, his gold records in the, mm-hmm. in the thing. Um, and I, I was on the, you know, I was calling my mom all the time. I just called her before this and she told me it was like the day before that meeting. She was like, it seems like every time I talk to you, you're just looking for justification to leave school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I haven't thought explicitly, like, I need to drop out. But I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of where where I'm looking. And so I walked into Barbie's office fully expecting him to be like, oh, you know, like, finish your degree. You can do whatever you want after school, like, which is a great plan for most people. And instead, I was just, you know, telling him about our 40-watt show and the, the vision that I have for the tours that we're looking at and the, you know, the next couple albums and things. And he was just like, dude, if you were a senior finishing out your last semester, I would say, for God's sakes, graduate. Yeah. But yeah. he was like, this is an interesting enough situation and you're, you're selling tickets. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he said, I'm not saying David Barbie encouraged me to drop out. <laughs> he said, give it a year. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, your exams end that's day one book a gig the next day mm-hmm. like you are full-time you're on the clock and mm-hmm. I was like yes sir <laughs> like I got that yeah um and if I fail then I come back to school like I'm trying to keep my grades up just in case yeah. but he's like yeah like there's no time like the present yeah like you gotta you gotta go after it mm-hmm. um and you know the the biggest thing that I'm sacrificing other than like the feeling of security which I, it's it's fake in a lot of ways in school because you feel like a degree is going to guarantee you something. It doesn't. But, yeah, and, and my roommate was like, you know, you feel like you're going the right path with getting a degree, but it's like, it's a philosophy degree, man. <laughs> like, and you're going to do music after you get the philosophy degree. So, And I love the philosophy department. I don't mean to be dissing them, but it's it's like, a, yeah, it's like you're equally unprepared for all the jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, like this is not really the more secure path because I have you know I'm it's not going to be an effort problem like I'm going to be working as hard as I possibly can um so it's just you know whether or not I get that kind of like preparation meets opportunity where you know it's a lot of luck um I can be as prepared as I want but it's just like whether or not I I hit that tour right or um you know make music that connects with people the right way or, or not not necessarily the right way but yeah I just I gotta go for it like might as well Right. That's really interesting um, that you're doing that because I think a lot of people are afraid to do things that are outside of the norm, mm-hmm. you know, and I think what you're doing definitely would be characterized as that because yeah. it's like go to college, get a degree, work a nine to five, have a family, whatever, all this kind of stuff settle down, mm-hmm. but you're going after what you want. You have a passion. I think it's very unique for most people your age. I'm so blessed to have this um, 
this early love for music and it's you know i've had periods of burnout it's weird saying like i was like burnt out playing the drums in like fifth mm-hmm. grade and stuff but like I, i've actually like i've i'm just so lucky to have had the time to like kind of iron out the what a lot of people have to iron out later and i grew up in a house my my mom she was you know stay-at-home mom lucky enough to not have to work but uh she kind of had this period of her life where she started working with horses mm-hmm. and she realized it was like her almost her divine following going after what it was started as just like you know cool riding lessons for Christmas and she was way more interested in like the rehabilitation and everything so she in a way kind of ruined her whole life going after horse rescue mm-hmm. and she founded this nonprofit, like knew nothing about what oh, she was wow. doing and is living into this yeah just watching her like go after her thing uncompromisingly you know I looked at that and I realized like that that whatever streak that is that's like running through her like that is me and I can't I can't help but but do that I have a horse tattoo for my mom and it's it's more about the mission to just put everything aside like any sacrifice that needs to be made for what I feel like is a way that I could love people well and, and push this movement of beauty and acceptance and, and just fun for people. I'm like, I gotta do it. Like, I gotta go after that. That's gonna serve me and my community better than if I had got an office job and did music on the side or something. You sound like a philosophy major too. <laughs> <laughs> so are you like full Georgia bloodline? Like, So my dad went here, my mom went here, and my older sister went here, but I don't think we necessarily have a connection to here at all. Like, my dad lives in Europe right now. Cool. I have a lot of family in Europe. I just went here because, like, it's the only place I applied. Like, I think I applied to – actually, that's not true. I applied to University of Vermont. That's a funny story, but we're My not mom talking. went there for, like, a year. Oh, really? And then transferred out. Yeah. Did she like it or no? No, it no. wasn't right for her. Yeah. But. I hate the cold. But, yeah, so I applied here, got in here. Oh, I, yeah. I've seen – so I'm a fifth year, but I've seen two football games, and, like, that's it. I went to everyone. I'm so into the like, oh, okay. even though I'm not going to school here, it's like dogs the rest of my life. Yeah, like, they, they, this school has done so much for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't help but get right. into it. I really got into the national championship game. Oh, obviously, yeah, <laughs> so not. awesome. Yeah, my yeah. friends were like, "Why don't you come over and watch?" I'm like, oh, "I really don't." I'm like, just do it. Like, you, this is your second game you've ever watched. And I'm like, maybe I jinxed it the whole time by not watching them, and then I watched it, and then we won. Exactly. So it was totally neat. I yeah, think. yeah, that's what you it was. broke the Georgia yeah, curse. I did, yeah, I did. The Falcons needed you too, but you're. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I see. Don't even care about the NFL, but. <laughs> Um, Did you watch the Braves? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe it's but, it's a little causation, not correlation. Cor- yeah, correlation. Correlation, not causation. Yeah, yeah, I should have, but we won that. Yeah, okay. That, I saw like the Snapchat stories where everybody mm-hmm. in the street looked insane. Nuts. Um, yeah. yeah. But well, I forgot what we were talking about before that. Your your mom. And yeah. That tattoo and like why, you know, you're taking the year off. Uh, yeah, I'd love to talk more about like what you plan on doing with your time off from school. And just to go back to that too, I think the nice thing about what you're doing now is like you're going after what you want and then you have a fallback on school. Yeah. You know, obviously there are years of work that I've done. Like I I might be underselling myself, but it's almost as if like everything, this perfect situation has just been handed to me. And it's like, I know exactly what I need to do to succeed. And I like, I have this vision. I know what I need to do. No one's going to guarantee that I do it. Like it's going to take me getting up every day and working harder than I've ever worked. But it's just like I, I see the path, like I see that light at the end of the tunnel, and it's like, man, I gotta, gotta do it. 
I think it's cool that you not only like make your own music, you're a singer songwriter, but you produce it too. Like having a hand in that, I think is really cool. I'd love to hear how you got into that, how you started producing your own stuff and then the process behind like what you do specifically when you're, when you're in the studio. So I've never really wanted to be specialized. Like there are a lot of people that I have the utmost respect for that are like a bassist Uh through and through and they're just great at bass and their whole love and focus is the bass and they crush it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just get sidetracked. Like I I always, you know, get a little burnt out on something or want to move around. And so like having multiple instruments to express myself on is just a huge part of my process. Mm -hmm. And with the production, it, it, it was like a natural thing for me. It, It started with when I was little, I was just laying down like GarageBand mm-hmm. tracks on my like little iPad and yeah. stuff, like doing the little MIDI drums. And in high school, I had some opportunities to ba- basically when I did my first EP mm-hmm. in high school with my producer at the time, Jason Price. Mm-hmm. He has some great licensing connections. He does a lot of stuff for like HGTV shows, oh, cool. and he's on like Catfish and like what? all these cool. Yeah, yeah, so he just he's like all the you know all the music that you hear in a TV show has been mm-hmm. made by somebody. And so I had some opportunities to start licensing some little songs for foreign Nickelodeon shows, mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. And he was so nice, like he took me under his wing, and he was like, I feel like you have the ear for producing and audio engineering, and. So he let me come into his studio for free and we were writing oh, wow. these little surf rock tracks and stuff to throw out to Nickelodeon. And through working on the EP, I lost that like fear surrounding production because I, I used to be such a big perfectionist. I had to get that perfect sound, that perfect like no white noise in the back. No, it, it was a lot of like, you know, when you're using shitty gear and you don't realize that it's as shitty as it is when you're at like 14 and you're just killing yourself for having a shitty sounding thing it's like it's tricky but when I got in the driver's seat I finally feel like I kind of beat that learning curve Mm -hmm. and last year I I actually did a gap year so I'm like oh wow I'm doing all sorts of like flopping yeah like I graduated high school early Mm -hmm. and just because of COVID and stuff I was like I want to just have my time go after the music and so every single day I, I was in my studio in my in my bedroom I actually took my bed out of my room and (laughs) like it was awesome yeah I put a couch in there Mm -hmm. and we called it like the lounge as a joke because it was this kind of like legal looking like leather couch and stuff (laughs) and um yeah every day I was in the lounge just working on my stuff um Ken Lasso produced my album and he was a huge production influence on me I kind of like produced within the same style as him and then my, I would say my biggest production influences are Dave Cobb, who does, you know, Jason Isbell, Chris Stapleton, tracks everything live, Sturgill Simpson, like he's the new Americana sound kind of guy. And he's a Atlanta guy, I think. So he was a big reason why I came to Athens. And Athens is magical. He's one of my biggest reasons why I'm here. And I was talking to my, my friend Nathan, who is, is doing... Some, he's doing some kind of tour manager stuff for me. And he's like, oh, yeah, like I cut a record with him when I was like 19. Like when I was your age, like we were both doing. So I'm like, I've already met someone who knew Dave Cobb. And it's it's just Athens is awesome. I mentioned that before, like in the Underground Springhouse interview. But like if you know one person in this town, you essentially know everybody. It's, it's, it's so connected. unreal because it's, it's a small pond mm-hmm. with like really 
long roots mm-hmm. to other like whether it's Atlanta or just like the whole southeast kind of circuit it's a magical place like I keep saying magical I feel like I'm being <laughs> I don't even know what I'm being but no, um yeah it's like I'm in love with Athens like obviously I want to be here I want to be making music here collaborating with people here mm-hmm. with the hope that I don't get stuck here per se because it, it is a little bit of a trap it's easy to be a big fish here mm-hmm. and now that I've kind of worked my way up the food chain a little bit I'm I'm really concerned with bringing back that that national recognition mm-hmm. to Athens and and maybe growing the pond like I don't want to kill the the charm of it mm-hmm. but I want like I didn't know about it's weird to think about like not being a Georgia person and like people worship the the UGA-ness and I didn't even know about the music scene or anything. Like, it was the last school I applied to. Like I ended up here so randomly, and I'm like, this is the perfect launch pad for me. I want people like me to be attracted to the city and make it better and, and keep that thing alive. It's awesome. You said that UJ was the last place you applied to. Like why did what made you want to apply here? And then, you know, if you didn't know that much about the music scene, you're here now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to talk about what was the final decision that made you want to stay here. Or yeah. So. Here? It was another one of those like serendipitous things. I was not interested in college, and so I was like, okay, if I'm gonna go to college, I'll do something with music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking at like Berkeley School of Music, and then I was also just like, you know what? Like I I got some, you know, I worked hard in high school. Might as well aim high. Like I'm all I'm all right. about shooting for stuff. Like punching above my weight. So I was applying to Ivies and you know, the Ivies of the South and mm-hmm. all, all that stuff. And we were at dinner one night and my brother's like, hey man, like you should apply to somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. just in case you might not get in <laughs> to any of these places. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like Maybe. shit. So we looked at this um, chart and it, it's so dumb. It feels so shallow, but it, like, I'm so grateful for this. Mm-hmm. It was literally, it was like on the X axis, it's mm-hmm. partying. And then the Y axis <laughs> was like academics. Yeah. And there was this beautiful little G in the mm-hmm. top right corner, like the best spot it could be. And I was like, what's that? Like, I literally didn't know. Yeah. I was like, what's that? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, he, he goes to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's like, I hate them, but like, you should definitely <laughs> go there. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. And I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. And mm-hmm. I looked at the application. Super easy. So that night I just threw it out. Yeah. And I was, you know, also like learning a lot about the, the way, like naturally my music taste was kind of gearing towards that like Sturgill Simpson, mm-hmm. Tyler Childers, like I love him. The South yeah, yeah. Um that that Southeast sound. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is I got rejected from everywhere except for UGA, Berkeley School of Music and mm-hmm. Virginia Tech, which I didn't want to go to. Okay. And so it's like music school or Big Southern football, college and and before I got rejected like I still the, the big dream was there was like a Harvard Berkeley dual program so mm-hmm. I wanted to like go be a brainiac and you know got rejected from everywhere but before that I had been reading a lot about UGA and someone was like oh REM's from there like yeah, that's what everyone yeah. knows and so I was like reading about the music scene and I was like man like they've had a lot of the B52s drive by truckers so many people coming out of the city and it seems like it's this like organic thing but it's it's also like there's there's a mission in it because it's been pretty nationally dormant for maybe two decades or so. You have great touring bands like you talk to the underground Springhouse guys mm-hmm. like they're awesome, 
But uh, yeah, I'm like, I, I want to be the guy mm-hmm. or the band or like the start the movement to re like, I, I, I'm like, I want to jump in and shake it up and reinvigorate this town and get the country, maybe the world, like knowing about the music that's happening in Athens. Yeah, I've, I've never craved fame. Obviously, like I, I would love to, I, I love a reaction to my music. Like I don't like to create in a vacuum, but getting to kind of deflect that fame onto the city that I love would be, I think that's the only way I could like cope with it. Like if, if I could just say like, this isn't on me, like just look at, look at Athens, like look at what's happening there. This is the, like they brought me up, they welcomed me look at what's happening there and and i i think that's how i could get through it if that happened you know i'm just i'm just yeah. trying to write and <laughs> work right now like that's <laughs> but but i i'm what i was saying like i'm punching above my weight and mm-hmm. i'm not afraid to think too big because if you don't think about doing something you're never going to do it so you might as well like think about the cool stuff and try to try to go for it just listening to you talk it seems like you're a very driven person like you, i mean you've gone after everything you've wanted and then you continue to do so and you're you're so passionate about it that you're going to stop school which I think is really nice to hear and I think it's nice because you're doing things that are scary but you know how you grow is when you get out of your comfort zone yeah it's definitely um you know it's, it's definitely outside of my comfort zone in, in a lot of ways but you know something I think it was the what's the book it's like the subtle art of not giving a fuck or yeah something. I love that book yeah um, my dad, I actually haven't read it, but my dad mm-hmm. was telling me all about it. And it's like, my mom read it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody is going to have problems. Like I am going to be working through stressful things the rest of my life. And I'm shooting to have problems that I've dreamed of having. Uh-huh. And like one of those problems was like, oh my God, my band is picking up traction. I don't have enough time to like really dive in. Like, I think that we're I think that we're going hard enough now that I might have to figure out leaving school and that was like I mean I was pulling hairs out like trying (laughs) to figure that out but that's like a problem that I dreamed of having when I was little Mm -hmm. or it's like you know oh my gosh the van breaks down on tour or something it's like I would love to have that problem if it means I'm going on tour just growing and growing and it'll be harder but it'll be better Mm -hmm. definitely I want to ask you about I guess your creative process um so we can go back to production too sure yeah um touch on it a little bit but I've asked this with every artist that I've had on here just because I'm not one myself so I don't know how this process works cool but I want to ask you when you're writing a song is there an inspiration behind what you're writing about because I've listened to some of your music and a lot of it seems like it's based off of somebody the album that you have like the woodlands Mm -hmm. it seems like there's a lot of love in that yeah like relationships and stuff so I just want to know like do you find muse and things and then that you know gets you to write something how how does that work yeah um so when I first started writing songs, I was I was big about the, like, I want to write a song for, you know, I was in, like, middle school. Like, this, this, <laughs> this girl at my school, uh-huh. and I want every detail to be particular to her and so that she listens and she knows exactly who it's about. And, like, kind of keeping it in that, like, particular story. And now I just kind of have all these experiences that are blending together and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like 
just the way that my brain has changed since I've matured is like I'm always seeking like the connections between experiences and how I can grow and what they're teaching me. And so the songwriting process has kind of changed in, in tandem a little bit because I'm more so writing songs now that are a combination of a lot of things that like, like I'm not writing the song about the girl. I'm mm-hmm. writing a song about like how I feel about the girl, like, like everything yeah. that's going on or, or right. um, like, you know, sometimes it's fictional sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I can hyperbolize. I used to be, I have to tell the absolute truth in my songs and now I realize that that desire was coming out of the desire to be authentic and I think that I can be more wholly authentic if I'm drawing in you know things I've read about things that are shaping the way that I think um, rather than just experience because experience is like a beautiful teacher but it's just a part of the teaching process and there are so many other things um, you know, my conversation with my mom that I just had, mm-hmm. or... I want to hear um, about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, we were... It was good. Um, but I... Uh, yeah, no, we were, we were talking about how I smoke too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. And what did she say? She's like, stop. <laughs> yeah, I literally had the same... Weird, uh, serendipitous. I had the same conversation with my mom last night. So. Good, yeah. No, Um. yeah, don't get addicted to things, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's like short-term <laughs> that's fun. That's when, yeah, like that's when the trouble starts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm, I'm writing songs that are like, it's, it's just kind of piecing together a lot of different things now. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like I, I wrote a song a couple months ago that was very much like a story in that song. And I like, it felt cool. It was, it was like a really easy song to write. It felt really good. And it was cool because it kind of felt like I was returning to that. So I still, I still definitely do that. Like it's, it's basically, for me, lyrics are a little bit like pulling teeth. Like I, I don't write because I love to write. I write because I have to. Like I, I have to process my life through the lens of music, but like it, it hurts to write some of the things. Like it's it just like it's like writing a paper. Like it, I'm not obviously I like writing songs better than papers, but it's just like God. You sit there and you're like, God damn it, and you're pulling your hair out and you're like, I have nothing, and I. It's like. Basically, at this point, anything that could possibly inspire me, I'm going to go after. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, like a, a lot of good mentors I've had, they've told me you should not be waiting for inspiration to strike. Mm-hmm. Just write, like sit for 20 minutes and let your brain fall from that like closed mindset where you're figuring out like logistical information, that more like calculated brain set that is a, that's really great at shutting down the songwriting process because you say, oh, that's stupid, or, oh, I don't need to write about that, or, like, oh, that's not going to connect with someone. And you just have to sit and, like, kind of get when that, like, loopy, free mindset, and then it's, like, whatever I could draw from, I'm going to go after. So I'm not, like, a lot of people are really good at, like, writing a lot of songs, and then they, like, pick parts of songs, and they kind of combine them and shape them, and, like, I, like, I don't write that many songs, but when I write one, it's like a fully cohesive thing. Like I, I feel good about every song that I write because I couldn't sit and write something that I feel like isn't my best work. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Paul McCartney wrote thousands of songs and it, it's so hard for me that it's, I'm like, I, I don't know how you could do that. I have to feel like this is a final piece of work. I feel like it's a, a muscle that you have to like train. So absolutely. You know, Part of that's just me being lazy. So, <laughs> but, but when I have all the time, yeah, I was about yeah, to say, like, like, you're about to have a lot more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. 
I think it's really interesting that you mentioned the creative process in that way because I think for me personally, so I got into writing a lot. I love writing. I do it all the time. Not lyrics, mm-hmm. just stories. I love to tell stories, I think, in any possible way. And I cool. write them down. And I think it was really interesting that you brought up the part where like it doesn't necessarily have to be true what you're writing about. You don't mm-hmm. have to write it on a specific person. And I think it's really beautiful where you can just kind of come up with random shit just off the top of your head. But you should just try like sitting down and just writing down weird shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. I love it. You know, I don't know. Um, Yeah, that's like a huge, uh, like, like a, a big part of the, the process of kind of like leveling up as an artist is just building a really, really, not necessarily cohesive. Like you can be all out there and have a lot of stuff going on, but just something that's like a really authentic and all-encompassing vision, at least all-encompassing for your brand. Um, And so, like, I was just sitting and, like, looking through Pinterest and stuff. Like, when I'm figuring out, it's, like, you know, your image, your sound, um, the way that you interact with people. Like, there there are all these different aspects. And um, it's, like, it's kind of, like, get weird. Like, think about everything that you ever loved and and I kind of I've had these experiences where you know it took me a while to realize that like the the fixtures of my childhood and things like even though I feel like they're so shared given our social media access and just like shared experience of of our generation you know everyone watching iCarly and doing like like all that stuff but I'm like what I feel like was mundane maybe might be a super huge part of like my upbringing and so or or something that's unique from someone else or that draws someone else closer because they've also experienced it Mm -hmm. um so I just like I had this kind of epitome where I was like man like I have I have this world to share like I I have it's it's, you're almost like world building as a musician Mm -hmm. um and what I feel like is just like whatever that's my life it's like I need to be sharing everything I need to be putting all that like just imagery. I love the idea of like, you know, people who make like cool collages and just like all the random like pop culture shit. It's awesome. And it's, it's an integral part of a brand or an image. Um, and it's, it's cool to share. Like it feels, it feels good. Cause it's like just stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. Why, why not show that to people? And you won't know if you think something's dumb or that it's maybe not a shared experience. You don't know how many people you're reaching. I think the beauty of music is putting it out there and then it, you realizing all these other people feel exactly the way you feel like I love turning on a song or like finding a new song and be like wow I didn't even know that I felt that but I do yeah and that's just yeah I mean amazing I think I even talked about that with Bailey or like Bailey brought that up on on the podcast with her but I'd love to talk more about your experience performing here so I know like you mentioned did you ever perform when you were in Virginia like because I don't know the music scene there I don't know if there really is that big of one and then can you compare like that to hear yeah Athens um absolutely so I I was growing up in a Virginia suburb so mm-hmm. I was 45 minutes outside of DC it's like when people say they're from Atlanta but they're not actually yeah like, yeah like Marietta I'm or, from DC in yeah, quotes okay. um <laughs> but yeah that's my city like go yeah. Nats all that but uh yeah it, it was heavy on like breweries wineries like that was kind of like the the entertainment industry in northern Virginia and so I was doing a lot of like 
bar gigs, um, breweries, wineries. Like I've, I've played weird. Like I did like a yoga class one time. <laughs> I did like just all sort. Like any time someone would hire me, I was like, yeah. And I, I started getting paid freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Like that's when I got my first like bar gig that summer or something. And then just kept building. Kept like it was very slow because there, there isn't really a music scene where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there are people making music everywhere, and like I had some wonderful collaborators in, in Virginia that I'm kind of like trying to drag to Georgia because I'm like, man, like you got to check it out. Like some of my best friends, I'm like, I've, I've convinced one of my good friends to move here. And oh, I'm really? so excited. Wait, like, how did you do that? Oh, I would just beg him. Like like every single time something good would happen to me, I would text him and I would just be like, hey, I just met so-and-so or I just yeah. did like come to Georgia. Wait, so what do you like? Why do you want him here? Like what is what is he what, what what would he not good for? That's the worst thing to say. Sure, yeah. What is <laughs> yeah, he good? What yeah. is he gonna do for me? Yeah, no, no um, like what? How do y'all connect? What makes you want him to be here with you? So I, I realized, like, I'm gonna go around this real quick and then I'll answer. Oh yeah, um, go ahead. But you know, I got to the point where I was finally achieving like kind of financial success with mm-hmm. the music. I was playing four nights a week most of the time, like bar gigs in Arlington, driving in the city. Like it, it was awesome. And just, I felt like I was grinding. Like I was, I just knew I was working hard. And sometimes it's not about how hard you work. It's mm-hmm. about what you're directing it towards. Mm-hmm. And I realized like coming here, everything has felt so natural. I just, I realized like the uphill battle that mm-hmm. I was fighting in Virginia. And I was like, this, this wasn't necessarily an effort problem. Like it, yeah. it, it was just like, there's Lack not the reception. Yeah, there's not the reception to music um, as as strongly there as it is here. Mm-hmm. So I see is my my friend Reese. He's awesome. You know, he started a band. He goes to James Madison University in Virginia, and he started his band in Harrisonburg. And you know, they're kind of doing their thing. But I'm like, God damn, man! Like you're you're fighting the same good fight as me. Like, and he he gets it too because he's he's trying to get the hell out. Um, He's he's always wanted to go to Atlanta or something, and so I'm like, dude, like I've I've fully realized like, it some sometimes it's just a locational thing. Like sometimes you just got to go somewhere else and and get involved in that scene. So I was just you know I would meet a guitarist that I was a huge fan of and just text Reese and be like, mm-hmm. hey, like just met <laughs> Daniel Donato, like yeah, come, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then I saw him last week and pretty much convinced him and he also he gave me one of his guitars to oh wow to bring back with me so mm-hmm. wish we yeah. were in your dorm so i could see it oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's badass man it's a les paul like gibson les paul oh, my wow. dream guitar yeah um he was just not playing like that's he's a big strat guy so um i'm gonna go to classic city vintage guitars put a new pickup in it uh get a bigsby on it and it'll be the it'll be the dream that'd be really cool yeah, yeah i want to hear it at some point sweet yeah <laughs> like next time hopefully i'll get to play the 40 watt there yeah, you go yeah but this is a good transition mm-hmm. um so i'd love to talk about yeah like what was it like your first time performing at the 40 watt and then what was your quote redemption story the second time yeah, there? yeah. um so I- i'm saying this a lot but th- this is a story of punching above my weight because uh-huh. i i got to town in august and the second night i was in town i got lucky enough to book a show so i played at sauce wow House. look at you go it was because um <laughs> it, i did the cold calling like did yeah. all that and it was just because someone had seen a social media post and was like oh i know a guy that books and yeah so i got lucky um and my friend nikki who's a bartender 
at Sauce House put me in the Athens Jam Ham, which is a big group me. Like, I love it. It's just people, like, shit posting in there <laughs> about music and stuff. Um, but the talent buyer uh, for the 40 Watts in there, mm-hmm. and he posted a message. And I, I didn't – I was so – new to add like i didn't know anybody in that group chat like mm-hmm. uh, i fi- i did like he had a different picture it's, it's so funny thing about bradley now like it just like he was so scary to me like he <laughs> like um but he posted a thing he was like oh we had a cancellation on this day it happened to be my birthday well, and speaking of like serendipitous yeah yeah absolutely so they had a cancellation at the 40 watt mm-hmm. and i just i was like shot in the dark i was like with sitting with my roommate i'm like oh this isn't gonna happen but mm-hmm. might as well yeah and you know, I'm new. Like, he's like, okay, like, word, man. Oh, like, really? You can, you can have it. Wow. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're kind of, not that you were hoping it wouldn't work out, but, like, there was no wash of relief. It was like, shit. Well, it to... wasn't even hoping. It was just, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, okay. And, like, so it wasn't the, even maybe the mind. best thing is that, like, this guy has seen my name before. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, <laughs> I'm playing the 40 watts. So, um... Yeah, I, I like they let me. The, I played with Half Baked Tofu. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Alex Scales. Like he plays a fun room. They're awesome, yeah. um, and they were nice enough. Like they let me headline because it was my birthday. Aww. It was so sweet. Like those guys are love them because they sold all the tickets that night. Like it was mm-hmm. all them, and the fact that they let me do my thing was was cool. But I used to usually do this loop pedal show with an acoustic guitar, like looping vocals, all that stuff, because I didn't have a band yet, and. Get on stage, played one song just straight acoustic, and then I went to loop something, and I was just having like mad sound issues. Like mm-hmm. it was like there was white noise in the loop, and so no. it just loop. And so we, I, I, uh, I tried it a couple times, and I was like, you know, I think it's okay. Like you want to get it right, you want to give people the right show. So yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry, we got a problem. I want to give you all the show you deserve. Yeah. If, we're, if we could take 10 minutes to figure this out. And we just couldn't get it. Like, we oh. couldn't debug it. So I ended up playing an unplanned set. Oh, wow. Before it was straight acoustic and vocals. People were walking out while I'm, no. you know, trying to figure out my shit. And I'm just like, oh. Like, and it was it was a beautiful night. Like, it's my birthday. My family was in town. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, there was so much good stuff about that experience. And, just you know, I was in the green room. Mm-hmm. FaceTiming my producer from home, thanking him for the work he'd done on the album because it got me. Like, it, it was a lot of affirming stuff, but, um, uh, man, I walked off that stage and I went backstage and I, like, my head was just like, I'm starting my band. This is never happening again. Like, I, I'm gonna, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing I need. Like, it was like the next day I started messaging people and I had a band together in two months. And, you know, rehearsing every week at Nucci's, just hitting it. And we were rehearsing for a long time before we ever played. We got a Flickr show. It's like all the all the worries that I've had, the things that I'm like, man, I need to make this happen. People, the people I've met and that are really shaping me in Athens have made it happen for me. Yeah, it, it's been it's been humbling you know, just the way that things have developed since that 40 watt show. And just like, sometimes you just need a kick in the ass to like get outside your comfort zone. Cause I was trying to do the Virginia thing in Georgia thinking it would work. And I was like, Nope, I got to do the Athens thing. I got to go full in. Like, what is the dream? I want to have a horn line. I want to be playing solo lead guitar, like Marcus King. I want to 
write great songs. I want to have my dream band. Like I want to have a funky ass drummer. And you know, again, you're not gonna do it unless you think about it. And so I thought all about it, and it just it just came together. I got the right people, and you know, my uh, like my sax player is going to dental school. Oh. And like my trumpet player, he wants to get his degrees, and he's mm-hmm. doing drum corps, and I like absolutely support them mm-hmm. for what they because they've they've given me the gift of a band, and mm-hmm. and whether or not. I get to keep working with them like I will always love those guys but it's just like there are so many things that I'm anxious about like oh I gotta get a new trumpet player before we hit a tour this summer and mm-hmm. um I gotta figure out the tour this summer <laughs> yeah, and, like yeah. also you know like get the van and get the and I just know like think about the things that I've worried about in the past and just think about how they've come together without yeah. me like you know it's, it's taken work but it's mm-hmm. not like me just grudging it into happening it's like this this better more collaborative thing mm-hmm. so that's uh i mean you're gonna figure it out like if you figured everything else out this far or people so. will figure it out for me because yeah. i meet them and i'm nice to them and then they yeah. <laughs> like it's it just it's all about just like you know the like networking is such a buzzword and it's literally just I went to the Boar's Head open mic night mm-hmm. i love those i go to those all the time or i haven't been since covid sure i get yeah, you yeah um Every single Wednesday, like like walked up Lumpkin with my bass case, and started playing in the house band. I uh, played my own stuff, but just I mean, it's just showing up every single week. And then the combination of that and the jam ham is mm-hmm. like what took me to. Is that how you met your drummer? Because I I recognize him. I saw. Mm-hmm. I've seen like I yeah. looked you up on YouTube. Yeah, course. Dan. I, yeah, he I did. plays with Avery. Yeah, I I know him actually. He doesn't know that I know him. I had like a I took a juvenile delinquency class like okay. last semester. And I had to do like a volunteer work for this organization called Chess Community. And he works for, really, yeah. Yeah. He's so a, I was like, wait, I totally recognize him. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's mad good. Like I, I did. <laughs> so I said I hadn't yeah. been since COVID, but I did go like right after I got like uh, my vaccine and, and I saw him there and I was like, what? I didn't know. Dan is a fucking menace. He's like, insane. He's, yeah, he, he's, I'm so blessed to have him. And, and his yeah. roommate, Mario, also uh-huh. plays for us. Um, when Dan's not around, uh-huh. and he's also insane. Like oh, they're wow. they're both they're almost not the same drummer. Obviously, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't want to say that about them, but they they bring the same flavor, uh-huh. and they learn from each other. Like it, it nice. it's it's just like they they both fit so well, and it's it's awesome working with both of them. And we're doing the same thing. Like I have two bassists now, so I'm I'm kind of just trying to like double everybody. <laughs> okay. So like at this point, like. You know, my bassist is a junior. He wants to finish his degree and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can accept double the gigs when right. I have double the people and everything works out. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, eventually we'll see. Like, it, it it comes down to who is the most committed to going full-time because I'm now I'm all in. Like, I'm off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's, like, the shallows. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, great. I was literally thinking about that today. I'm like, oh, my God. Me, Bradley too. Cooper's I was so talking hot. with my mom about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Bradley Cooper's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear about your 40-watt performance the second time because I couldn't be there. Sure. But my friend worked in, uh, that night, and she, she worked both of your shows, mm-hmm. and she was like, he sounded great. He's got a full band. Like, it's awesome. So, mm-hmm. yeah, can you tell me about like what that was like and the crowd and everything and and how it felt so like how it felt the first time versus the second time like really bring me to that like where you yeah. were in that moment man Paint it's me a picture <laughs> yeah i mean there's just nothing like that show for me uh-huh. i've had some fun times and it, it made the first one so worth it like the first one it, it was overall a good experience but a 
but mostly a kick in the ass, like like a, a teaching moment. And this was the the most affirming thing I've ever done. It, it was like, like I, I actually had a moment where we headline after the asymptomatics and they're great. Like I fucking love that band. They're awesome. And I kind of peeked my head out and I'm like, man, I don't know any of these people. Like I, I, I was, I had this fear that I was like, Oh shoot. Like I think they sold most of the tickets and we're headlining. And this is so awkward. Cause it's like the asymptomatics crowd. They're all going to leave. And I just kind of had this like, and then I walked out and everyone was there still. It was just like a holy shit. I couldn't believe it. Like I, I've, I've had years of experience playing gigs, but experience like the, you know, playing in the corner of the bar uh-huh. under a TV. <laughs> People are, yeah. And, and uh, it, I mean, it was just all of that work. And it, and it was almost like, I don't even know how to control this crowd because, or not control, but um, what would the best word be command? like? Yeah, command or facilitate. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to command anybody. Like I just, I want everybody to feel connected, and um, that's really cheesy, but <laughs> it's true. Like, like it's, it's a big family in a, you know, in a music venue, and I was like, oh man, this is totally different. Like this is, it, it's just a whole new beast when they're. 150 people in the room versus you know a couple looking like maybe paying attention to you (laughs) um so yeah it it was like I was it was outside of my comfort zone for sure because I was like man this is brand new but this is the coolest thing I've ever done and yeah I mean it was just it was just surreal like seeing the reception to my band was fucking great like Mm -hmm. because I love those guys I'm like their biggest fan and when Craig hits a sax solo and everybody's like Craig and they're not looking at me there it's Craig's yeah. I'm just like yes like it, it's like oh it's awesome it's so cool and yeah just getting I, I think the whole band felt it that night I think everybody was like that was a big like oh shit like this is this is serious like this is not you know we we played a really fun show at Flickr a couple weeks before we got like 45 people in the room that's good. which feels like a big crowd in Flickr like yeah. that's a great little venue but this was the gig like it was I mean I I'm always going to love the 40 watt like I'm I'm <laughs> trying to play there again this spring summer like whenever they'll have me uh-huh. um I will work I swear I'm gonna Okay cool that yeah, yeah yeah awesome <laughs> I can even sell your merch I'm like the merch person Love so. it okay <laughs> I I think I met um what was your friend's name Ariana yeah, yeah, totally. She, I think she was running merch. Okay, my nice. Show. She's got uh, curly blonde yep. hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh no, she didn't have curly blonde hair. I oh, feel bad. Black hair. She Wait, might have black hair. What? What she look like? Describe her to me. I think she had curly hair. Curly hair. That could have been Olivia. That could have been. I'm trying to think. Who else has curly hair? I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. It's no, so no, so good. many names. I feel I'll, I like I I truly love everybody that works. <laughs> like like the bartenders are awesome. Like yeah. I'm I'm. People don't realize how many people are behind the scenes, uh-huh. and like the the forty watt crowd is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like your your door people, like everybody's awesome. Like yeah, I love them um, too. I met the guy actually. So standing outside of that show, mm-hmm. um, I met like it, it was like in the middle of the afternoon. I was early, so they I was locked out of the venue. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I've been there um, too. Before, yeah. yeah, and I met the guy that like fills the earplug, oh, the, like gumball machine. Okay. I don't know if I've met him. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's just like there are so many moving pieces that you wouldn't even think of, and it's like it's all about honoring 
you know, what they're doing. Like, it, it's we're all working together, so I got to give my all for, for, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the gumball machine guy, who's interesting, because he, uh, he likes when they book metal bands. Oh, okay. Because he's I'm, like, oh, everybody has to. Like, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to work the door He that sells night. a lot of earplugs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not being in that venue. Or to show it the 40-watt, um, like, I think... I mean, I'm not even gonna say when it was because that mm-hmm. might give it away, but yeah. it was metal, and I was like, I, I cannot. Yeah, I gotta go outside. <laughs> yeah. my head is thumping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, I I appreciate and love all music, but mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, be, being in a venue where it's being played is a different beast sometimes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. As opposed to like you know you can turn the sound down on your phone, you can't mm-hmm. do that in a venue. Nope. Um, you told me that you've got a new single coming out this spring. Yeah. And you're also working on a new album. So do, mm-hmm. would you like to go into that? Yeah, it's been um a little frustrating just trying to like I, I had the you know, the lounge last year, the full uh-huh. studio, and then I'm trying to produce in a dorm room yeah, now. So I think it's different. really gonna take like getting to the summer and then grinding. But yeah, I got this single on the way that I'm so excited about. Like just got some pedal steel laid down on it, which is another like horns were a huge dream like i like i was like oh i really want a badass horn line and it was like the instrument for me or the section for me and pedal steel is like the same so i like got that track that i was like kid on christmas <laughs> and it just made it um fit the song so I'm, I'm happy about it it's um i think it's it might be i don't know people are excited about it when they hear it live so i'm i'm really pumped about it. the band likes playing it it's gonna be a good time and then the album it, it's also like, you know, I'm just kind of biding time until the summer to mm-hmm. really kick into gear. But yeah, I got a bunch of songs that I'm excited about. We're, we're playing a lot of them live, which is cool because, um, you know, songs always change a little bit. Like I, I on the on the single, I laid down some vocals over winter break in Virginia. And then I got to Athens, played it live with the band a bunch. And I was like, oh, I like sing-. like just the little intricacies of the way I sing it are different. So I'm like, that vocal take it like sounds right, but I need it to sound like what I sounds like after the you know the live show shaped it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been nice like even though I'm I'm always in like such a rush because you know everything they talk about with the algorithms and everything is like consistent releases and I keep like fumbling over my own traction and stuff and like releasing something sitting for a while and then releasing something. But the the good news about that is that I'm letting playing with my band which is they're my favorite people to play music with they're shaping the songwriting process in a way like the songs are written but they're you know they're changing like the editing has been has been really cool because of the live shows Mm -hmm. can't wait to get in the studio though like track some horns and stuff and then just just do it right Right. i remember you mentioning like as a perfectionist at one point like do you realize when like this is is as good as i want it to sound or this is where i want it to be like when when is that a is that hard as a perfectionist and like and when does that moment come for you yeah i've kind of had to shed a lot of my perfectionism but i don't know it just goes until i like i'll I'll be listening i'll listen to before i release a song i probably listen to it on it honestly like 200 times like like i listen to my (laughs) shit like like i'll be in the car and just like i'm not really listening to my like already released stuff a lot but like drive the car, put on the demo, put on the demo, like just always, and there's always like little things that I'll change or add or whatever. And it just, it's done when I don't want to change anything. Gotcha. Yeah. That's really cool. I like, 
for me at least like I can't I can listen to something over and over again but I have to stop and like go the next day like I need fresh like a fresh pair of ears mm, or whatever that's good with mixing it's different because you yeah. need to keep your ears fresh I really want to get in a studio at some point just to see how that process is yeah come hang I have no idea I would love to yeah. like I just think it'd be really cool and I feel like I'd learn more about what I'm talking about and like the right things to ask totally people. yeah but I just think that's so cool and I love music like I play guitar no whatever capacity you're doing it in, like you're you're never wasting time picking up a guitar even mm-hmm. if you're just like you know, in middle school, I was banging out Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, my God. Like, well, it it's like... so slow. Like, just, yeah. like, irking everybody in my family. Uh-huh. But it's, like, <laughs> it's not a waste of time. Like, even if I'm sucking, like, it's it's cool. Like, it's it's it, it's good. You'll have um, to teach me, like, pointers and, like, how to get better and, like, easier, like, ha- not hacks, but, like, you know, better ways to play guitar and how to play with a pick. I just struggle with oh, my hands. Oh, cool. I can't. Okay. I mostly do, like, finger picking. And For then... a long time, I didn't play with a pick. And yeah. then I find Like, I'm trying to do this like like hybrid chicken picking kind of thing now where i'm doing both but it's been like i um i met this guy daniel donato a couple weeks ago who was like i i was following him a lot in high school like he's like this really awesome country guitarist Mm -hmm. and i saw him at nowhere bar and i was like man and since that night like i'll play my guitar i'll be hitting jams and stuff and i have all these new ideas in my head that i can't play Mm -hmm. because my technique isn't good enough and so i'm like I feel like I'm, like, the worst guitarist that I've been in a while. Uh-huh. Like, I, I'm, like, the most insecure. Not insecure, but just I can see the room for growth mm-hmm. much more clearly than I have. Like, you know, when I'm playing at the 41 stuff, I'm playing stuff that I feel like sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's, like, comfortable. It's it's just, like, my playing. And then now I'm shooting for above my playing and making the uncomfortable comfortable. And, yeah, a lot of that, like, just trying to play things that are too fast or just phrases that feel kind of weird to like loop around like just almost like tongue twisters and you're when you're trying to speak like tongue twisters on the neck but yeah I'm I'm like I'm so excited to have time to practice my guitar because I have not been practicing this year and I'm like dude I'm I'm gonna level up if I like you know if I if I put in the work I could level up because I know I can hear what I could do mm-hmm. I just can't do it yet right I think it's really hard to balance school and then like a social life and then I don't imagine how you're doing that with like school social life and trying to be you know get big that's just yeah it's just straight like I feel like you probably don't have <laughs> any free time <laughs> no, I, but yeah I'll, I'll I'll piss time away like yeah no, like it yeah it's just it's a lot but it's good it's mm-hmm. it's all good stuff um like I love I, I wish there's a part of me that's like, man, I would have loved to invest in the philosophy department and stuff like just great people, mm-hmm. um, like truly changing the way that I think about my surroundings and my experiences yeah. and things. But, um, you know, you just you got to go after what you want to do. Like the the thing that I'm sacrificing the most is like the college experience, because mm-hmm. there's this kind of like buffer where you can like grow up a little bit and like you know be a little bit of a fuck with like <laughs> you know the i mean it's 80 bars and yeah, like, like, it, it's like come yeah. on like you're in college like it's yeah. and next year there's no come on i'm in college it's like oh i'm paying bills yeah yeah and i'm not even gonna be in my 20s yet so mm-hmm. it's like it's it's intimidating but it, it's um it's a problem i've dreamed of having so that's a good way to look at it mm-hmm. i like that a lot i want to talk about your tour um and like getting that off the ground and just you know what what you what are your plans for next year if you could give me like maybe 
just kind of where you hope things will go, where you want things to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, a basic plan and then the end best result that could happen out of it, I guess. Yeah. Um. So the, the, the fun thing about progress is every goal that I had in Virginia for Georgia and stuff, pretty much, well, n- not the really big, like, you know, make us nationally known and everything, but like I had never played a ticketed show before Athens and that was a big dream like like selling a ticket was like I don't know when I'm gonna do that like that's <laughs> odd like that's so cool and it, it's like you reach those pinnacles and then you realize that they're just starting points for for other things mm-hmm. and so now I'm like okay I'm I'm playing like venue shows or whatever instead of you know being in the corner of a bar right but like what's next like what you got to think it, 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 it's every every step i'm encouraged to think bigger and so um you know we're just at square one right now like we're a medium fish in a, in a small pond and i would love to be a medium fish in a lot of ponds that's a jameson tank quote that i directly oh, stole nice <laughs> so shout out jameson for the wisdom but yeah, I, I'm looking at doing lots of gig swap kind of things. So I'm, I'm like connecting with bands in Ohio and the Carolinas and mm-hmm. Florida, trying to hit Austin, like a couple of them. And then like with the idea that they would play here with us and then we would play there. But I, I have some like also like I also kind of have a tour manager in a way like he is building up his production company right now and using us as a guinea pig in a lot of ways. So we're like you know, testing out a lot of his events and things, and he's getting us paid. Like, Nathan Rudolph is fucking awesome. So it's a mix of, like, him booking stuff, me DMing bands on Instagram and working on these, like, gig swap. Like, little sh- like we're doing three shows with this band called Dropping Plates this summer, and it's just, like, you know, Athens, Atlanta, Greenville. Or something. Maybe, like, branching up further into the Carolinas and, like, Virginia or something if we could. But go back to your roots. That would be cool. Yeah, I would lo- oh, I'd love to bring the band up there because I just I go back to Virginia. I was gonna be there this summer, and the idea of just like going back to the acoustic gigs and stuff. Oh, I actually have to cancel those. <laughs> I just realized. Shoot, um, it'll be fine. But I was like, I got come on, like I gotta be playing around here. So yeah, I'm just gonna be. It's like David Barbie said, like day after my finals are done mm-hmm. it's day one of work like i'm i'm waking up early and, and hitting it and mm-hmm. it, it's just gonna be a lot of emails <laughs> like every day just email 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 with the goal that eventually i can string something together mm-hmm. i'm also looking at you know maybe circumventing that with you know there's some like touring companies that you know put a lot of my favorite smaller artists on the road i'm looking at you know whether or not that would be the right move for me but i'm like I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged to think bigger than that. You know, it's, it's like, I would be honored to play at Firefly Music Festival. That is my big dream. I would go there. I went there twice, like two years in a row. It's like, it's awesome. It's in Dover, Delaware. Um, and this production company. You said Delaware? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, what's in like, Delaware? Like, I live? Yeah, no, I love Delaware. Okay. Um, yeah, we could bring the band there. Yeah. Um, You're going to have to get a van. This is exciting. It's cool. I was, yeah. no, that's another one where it's like, what's the van situation? Yeah, but then yeah. I was talking to Daniel about that and he was like, oh, don't even worry. Like we rented our first van and then I had a mentor buy us one. Oh, wow. So okay. it, it, it always, it comes together. He was talking yeah. a lot about the serendipitous 
stuff too which is, it's cool to hear like other musicians have a similar experience i'll have to have you back next year after you've done all this and then i can ask you about like crazy stories that have you're gonna be like what way. happened i'm gonna be like oh man it broke down just, in delaware and <laughs> yeah we played two shows and <laughs> sucked <laughs> no but no, um, that won't be it anyway. yeah like what i was saying that with firefly like they, they get the band booked the earliest slot like the smallest name on the firefly lineup so that's the company that i'm looking at okay and i'm like would that make sense like i have never done anything that big that mm -hmm. would be huge for me like being the the last name on the list but in five years like if it's something where i'm you know it's if it's a long-term contract with that touring company is it like should i be thinking bigger than the bottom name at firefly or is that what i'm pining after like right now that would be huge but eventually i need to be you know, playing playing bigger stuff so yeah i'm, I'm just kind of working through that process another one of the big things I'm, I'm really thinking about is i i think a big part of my vision is the fact that i play everything on my recordings like, I love the Rex Orange County, like, Tim and Paula kind of thing, where it's just, like, it feels so good to release a piece of music and be, like, I own and made and shaped every part of this. But my drummer, Dan, is way better at the drums than I am. It's, like, why wouldn't I have Dan play on my thing? Like, I, so I'm, I'm kind of funny. Like, I don't know if it's an ego thing or if it's a, a brand thing, like, whatever I'm working through, but I'm, like, I guess my big question is, like, is it, am I letting the quality of my recorded work suffer because I'm not inviting other people into that process? Right. And it's like, you know, I'm going to have to be thinking as a businessman in a couple months. I mean, I, I'm always trying to, but I'm a little pie in the sky right now. i got to get down to earth a little bit. And time is the most valuable thing you have. It's, it's the only bank you can't make a deposit in. And would it logistically like make more sense for me to practice my guitar and then my drums and then my piano mm -hmm. and then whatever else I do like maybe a pedal steel or something down the line and like become the best that I can be and play everything on my records mm -hmm. or would it make sense to save that time have the band play on my stuff they're already great mm -hmm. and put that time into more writing or more booking or like whatever. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I haven't relinquished that control yet. Mm -hmm. And I still don't play like the new single was, it's all me. The, everything that's been on the album, it's all me, except for the things that I can't play, which are like horns and the pedal steel part. But yeah, I'm just, I know we were talking about touring and I'm way off. But, no, again, love um, it. Yeah. It, it's like that. That's just a question I haven't answered yet. That's one that I'm, I'm thinking through right now. But I think it is totally an ego thing. Uh -huh. I think it's me not being humble enough to accept the work of other people in my music. Uh-huh. But it's all, like, I, I'm like a, I don't know. I mean, if I were having Dan drum on a song, that poor man would be in fucking boot camp with me. Like, <laughs> like he, because I, I push him, I push the guys hard in rehearsals and stuff, but, like, on a song, like, on a recording... I need everything exactly How as you it want to be. matches in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he would. He brings a a style that I don't have. It's it's mm -hmm. like another weapon in the arsenal. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't think like I don't think anyone would think less of me for inviting a band on an album. Like people, it's still my song. I still wrote like, but it just it feels cool to like play. It's it's kind of like a party trick. I don't know, but but I'm thinking about 
writing really great songs that people I love are going to connect with and not a party trick. So it's, I don't know. Pros and cons. Yeah, yeah I think I, I do pros and cons lists sometimes, and I'm, I always get fucked because they always turn out, like, exactly even. even. That's me too. And then yeah. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is. You'll feel it. Like, you'll just have a moment where you'll be like, okay, you know, yeah. this is what I'm doing. Sometimes gonna when do. you flip a coin, you, like, you feel it. When right. you, you, you could yeah. just do that, honestly. Flip a coin. Wim just told me off, um, not off camera, but off audio, yeah. that he's never been to Atlanta, like the Atlanta music scene. So I just want to talk to you about that because I think that's going to be really cool. Like you're going to go in and just be like, this is where, like if you think Athens is cool, you're going to love Atlanta. Okay. Like when you start your tour and stuff, are you going to try and have gigs in Atlanta? Like, yeah, okay. absolutely. We're looking at playing Smiths in hopefully a couple months, you know, eventually do some other stuff. But yeah, Atlanta, like uh, I almost call them Love Child. They're Calico now. They're really inspiring me to check it out because those guys they're like one of the if not the best band i've seen in athens and I'm, so i'm like oh, i gotta i gotta go check out what they're doing over there and if you want to grow your audience that's a great place to do it bigger place it, yeah, yeah. it's huge so we talked about your new single coming out we talked about your, the new album you're working on mm -hmm. we talked about lots of athens shows you want to do in the spring yeah kind of or do you want to we're just gonna play around like i'm booking lots of stuff right now trying to okay. hop on a bill with you know like all my friends. Uh -huh. So that's been the, the most fun part. Just getting to do shows with bands that I'm friends with. So, yeah, I want to hit every venue in Athens at okay. some point. I wish you were here before Caledonia. Like, Rip of Caledonia. Yeah, I've I heard beautiful things about that place. It was great. Like, I went I went to a show there my senior year of high school. They're called Motel Radio. I want to get them on the podcast. They're cool. great. They're from New Orleans. Really cool sound. Love it, yeah. Um, but I heard them perform live there the first time. And that was just like, it's such a, it was a small, really small, intimate venue. Yeah. It was just such a cool vibe. No, that was the spot. That's where like everyone played their first show. Mm -hmm. Because now I guess that it would be like Flickr, I yeah. guess. But yeah, I've heard good things. So yeah. RIP, really sad. Yeah. <laughs> COVID sucks for mm -hmm. many reasons in that too. I just want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast and getting to meet you. It was really cool. Absolutely. And I learned so much about you. So we'll definitely have to hang out again outside of this for sure. Awesome. And... Wim's new single is coming out. Wim, do you want to mention that? Yeah, sure. Uh, the new single is going to be called...